Hey, welcome to Golly Journal Talk, where we have a good heart-to-heart discussion on what it's like walking out this walk with Christ. My name is Lori, and I'll be your cheerleader on this journey. What's up, friends, family, people? What is up? Isn't God good? God is merciful. We're in the last month of the year, 2022. And I have a strong feeling that 2023 is going to be so crazy. Depends on where you stand with God. It's going to be good for you. And then it may not go so well for you if you haven't sought the Father before the year began. It's not too late though because there's a couple more days before 2023 starts. I encourage you to get into your prayer closet, you know, dedicate some time fasting, praying, seeking God for 2023 because there's some things that are coming in 2023 that you can be prepared once you, you know, submit to God and seek the Father's heart for next year. Not as heart seek his his wisdom his provision because it's available for us everything in the kingdom of heaven is available for us we just need to access it and access it through first humility humbly going before the lord but access it through prayer constant prayer communication and revelation you need to know who you are sorry you need to know who you are so that you can access what is rightfully yours you know but anyways, today, I think the Lord, I believe the Lord has given me something interesting to talk about. Just to probe your mind. I mean, everything that I say here is just for you to go reflect and talk to God about. Check yourself. Because I also check myself once, you know, I listen to these things. Because as I speak to you, I am also speaking to myself, you know. So this morning, this morning, I was given Matthew 16. Actually, I was a part of a um, corporate prayer for the church that I attend to. And Matthew 16 was one of the verses of focus for uh, today, or actually yesterday into today, but I'm a day ahead. So yay, it's today for me. And I felt like I should read all of Matthew 16. So let me go to my Bible app, find out what's that saying. And in Matthew 16, we're talking about, for the first couple chapters of the Bible, it was referring to ease of the Pharisees, you know. Jesus was just talking to them, actually. Anyways, let's go. So, the Pharisees and Sadducees approached and, as a test, asked him to show them a sign from heaven. Hmm. He answered them, When evening comes, you say, it will be good weather because the sky is red. And in the morning, today will be stormy because the sky is red and threatening. You know how to read the appearance of the sky but you can't read the signs of the times 
An evil and adulterous generation demands a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Then he left them and went away. That's verse 4. That's where I stopped right now. Except the sign of Jonah. An evil and adulterous generation. Adulterous generation. I don't think he's just talking about people who are um married and you know coming outside of the march i think he's referring to this is definitely referring to the people of god and um sorry for sniffling you know winter it's cold definitely referring to the people of god and i believe when he when he mentions adulterous he's talking about people of god who basically cheat on god or cheat on their relationship with god who are stepping outside of their covenant with jesus so I, I guess that's what he mentions or what he means by adulterous generation but what hit me is no sign will be given to this generation except the sign of jonah now jonah people call him a minor prophet he was a prophet assigned to, to the people of nineveh who were evil um wicked people to tell them or to warn them to repent or god will deal or destroy that city so the only pe- the only sign that this evil generation of believers will have is or not necessarily be believers but people who desire signs will be that a man of god a preacher because jonah was not just a prophet he was a preacher or the word of God will come to talk to them, telling them to repent. That's the only sign that they will have. Then he left them and went away. Verse 5. The disciples reached the other shore, and they had forgotten to take bread. Verse 6. Then Jesus said, told them, Watch out and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they dis- discussed amongst themselves, We didn't bring any bread. Aware of this, Jesus said, You of little faith, why are you discussing amongst yourselves that you do not have bread? Don't you understand yet? Don't you remember the five loaves for the five thousand and how many baskets you collected? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand and how many large baskets you've collected? Why is it? that you don't understand that when i told you beware of the yeast of the pharisees and sadducees it wasn't about bread Hmm. then they understood that he did not tell them to be to beware of the yeast in the bread but of the teaching of the pharisees and sadducees father we thank you for another beautiful day or evening or night whatever time your children are listening to this we thank you lord that your word is light to us we thank you lord that everything that you do is done by design precise specific calculated it was no accident that whoever is listening to this voice not voice now but listening to this podcast is listening to it father i pray that you use me as a vessel my voice is in your hands my voice is yours whatever you have to say to myself or to your people lord god let it be said let the words that come from me 
be edifying to us. Let it prune us. Let it inspire us. Let it encourage us. Let it give us a desire to go deeper in in your word to go deeper in you let it be light in our spirit let us understand it lord god not carnally but understand it spiritually that that or receive it spiritually so that we can understand it lord jesus for lord god the way you do things is beyond a realm of understanding your thoughts aren't our thoughts your ways aren't our ways so father we humble ourselves to hear from you we humble ourselves to receive what you have to give us today I pray, Lord God, that everything that you want to be said, be said. I remove myself from this conversation. I remove myself from this word. And I pray, Lord God, that you lead. Let your spirit lead in Jesus' name. Amen. So Papa said, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Mm, And it wasn't speaking about bread. Mm, interesting you know what it's funny that's when the disciples understood I think there's also more I want to talk about here I'm gonna go further later but the part that really hit me was I mentioned before was that Jonah the prophet the evangelist the preacher whatever you want to call him is a sign that you will receive that you know that's from heaven because originally the question from the pharisees and sadducees i'm sorry i'm going back to the top was show them a sign from heaven your sign from heaven is the word of god telling you to repent (laughs) jesus your sign from heaven that's what it is because that's what jonah's mission was right to speak to the wicked generation of people telling them to repent because if you don't god's gonna deal with you and repent is just simply turning and going in the opposite direction the way that you're thinking now your mindset what are you doing behaving that's against god repentance is literally turning the opposite way so if it is that you're stealing repenting is stop stealing if it is that you're lying repenting stop lying not to say that um for example if you're perpetual liar that if you lie after you did, you're repented of lying or turning away from it it's actually just changing your thought pattern changing your behavioral pattern from what it is that you were doing before and submitting to the holy ghost and trusting him to keep you from sinning all right because the truth is we're gonna all sin we all sin and fall short of the glory of god that's what the word of god says there's nobody that's sinless that was jesus and he sacrificed his life or he laid on his life so that we can receive his righteousness because none of us are but the fact is that we are made aware of things that we do that are offensive to god and repenting is you internally speaking to god say lord i i I identify my flaws. I identify the sin that I have done against you and even myself. And I learn I'm repenting of it. I'm turning away from it. I am turning my mind from it. I'm turning my, my, I am actively turning my behavior in the opposite direction and doing what pleases you. 
and even when you do fall the bible says repent still as scripture says what he who confesses his sin god is faithful and just to forgive him of that sin confess before god but anyways let's go further the yeast of the pharisees the yeast of the pharisees jesus said was not about bread but they understood it was a teaching of the pharisees and the sadducees pharisees and the sadducees were the religious leaders of their time they studied the word of god and could quote different books verbatim they pray for hours they have all the religious um what do we call this now religious sanctimonious or what's the word holy spirit that i'm looking for they have all the physical representation of what a holy person should look like or what we think let me clarify what we think a holy person or a holy man should be they pray they give they do all these things on surface but they're doing it in carnality they're doing it for selfish wants and needs i believe that when i was younger in my christian faith i think it's just where i was in my walk with christ but what i was raised under that i possibly was raised under a pharisee mindset because lord has been you know breaking me out of that letting me see that everything is by grace in the pharisee's mindset everything is by works i think what they do inadvertently not i don't think they willfully know that they're doing it is take the word of god and feel that within themselves they can accomplish what it is that god is telling them to do but without the spirit of god you can do none of it they had the law which was the word of god god's divine word to mankind before the other scriptures came about they had the prophets they have all these things and the ordinances of god and things of god because they were the chosen people of god the jews they were learned men but yet still they were asking jesus to show them a sign from heaven jesus was like you can predict the weather based on what based on what the morning looked like or what the evening looked like but you cannot identify signs from heaven how perverse you are is what jesus was saying or how wicked you are twisted that's what wicked means twisted you are wow sometimes i examine myself as like am i perverse you know in my thinking i believe there was a season where i was a lot more perverse i don't want to say i would want to say i'm not perverse right now in this phase but god is slowly revealing to me where i stand on certain things so i love to say that and i'm probably saying that in faith that i'm not perverse in my thinking but the lord will make me aware of what it is that i have how do i say to work on nevertheless the teaching of the pharisees i believe is salvation through works not just that or justifying of men of god or things of god through what they deem is what god is supposed to be so is that they have this box of what god is in and if god is not in this box or what are parameters that they laid for god 
it cannot be God who is working. That's what I think is also a, a teaching of the Pharisee. God operates along these codes, which they weren't wrong. But the thing I don't understand is God says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Lord, the Lord is a creator. He is the creator and a designer. Creators create things. Creators make new things, improve upon things, change things up. Creators don't regurgitate or give the same thing over and over and over again. They're not creating. It's stagnant. It's dead. Once they create something, they move on to the next thing that they want to create, which is something completely different from what they made before. Whether you're an artist or someone who sews or do crafts or someone who sings or one person doesn't sing the same song their entire their entire life and call themselves a singer or artist. You know what I mean? Nobody does the same thing for their entire life. The same exact thing every single day without fail for their entire life. There has to be changes. So I don't know why we tend, and I say we because sometimes I fall into the pattern, to put set parameters on God and say, if God don't operate in this way, then he's not God. That's ridiculous. That is the teaching of the Pharisee, or part of the teaching of the Pharisee. I only recognize the move of God if God makes me have goosebumps on my skin and let me shake and say a couple words in the spirit. Then the Lord is moving. Really? You're breaking down the King of Kings, the God of the universe, to shaking and some tongues. I see. That don't make no sense. That is nonsensical. That that's that that's just okay. That's crazy. That's crazy. How dare we think we have the monopoly on what God does and who God is? God reveals himself to people who are humble and in a position that put themselves like it says the poor in spirit for the blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall see God who are poor in spirit like he draws close to people who are humble and people who are prideful he put them at a distance say hey I can't you smell funny to me you smell like "Mm -mm, I can't deal with you so I'm gonna put you over there and people who are humble or who humble themselves before him you smell divine I'm gonna draw close to you we don't have a monopoly on God no one does the only person who have a monopoly on God is God himself no being in creation no being in creation can say I understand God and everything God does no being and and I'm not just talking human being angelic beings no one can say that because he is God who can fathom the mind of God in its completeness no one that's why he's God the show like what that's the teaching of the Pharisee I must do these things so that I am considered holy I'm I'm doing you're not doing them because 
of your spiritual walk with God. You're doing them out of carnality or out of ceremony without the spirit of God. And you're doing them out of pridefulness. Because the Pharisees, to me, how whenever I read about their interactions with Jesus, they come from a place of pridefulness. Like, hey, we are learned men, holy men. Who are you? Prove to us you have the authority to do these things, say these things, be these things. What? You see Jesus going around doing the Father's work, healing the sick, miraculous works, feeding the poor. And then you're going to turn around and say, give us a sign. <laughs> what do you mean, give you a sign? The fact that the man is teaching and the word that he teaches is so compelling that thousands of people are listening to him because it's coming straight from the mouth of God. It's God himself speaking to you. You are moved. You don't know why you're sitting there absorbing everything and you don't mentally or carnally understand everything, but you know that you need to hear this word. Right? You see him doing the father's business you see him healing people like people miraculous works on people's bodies people being um, freed from sin and forgiven and then they go and turn to him and ask him to show us a sign from heaven on demand as if God must jump at your wimp and fancy on demand God do this for me because I said so uh, that sounds like you are God and God is your puppy and God is at your demand, at, at every whimper and fancy of your demand. Like, seriously? Come on now. Come on now. They study the scripture for their own glorification to say, I study the scripture. But yet the spirit behind the words they don't have. That's the teaching of the Pharisee. Beware of that. And the funny thing, the, the analogy that Jesus used is a yeast. And if anybody knows anything about bread baking, I noticed that on Instagram, it's been a trend lately, or it's probably coming to the end of a trend now, where bread making is a thing. You know, sourdough bread, the peasant bread, whatever you want to call it, is a thing on Instagram or on social media. Yeast, from what I know, is, a, is an important ingredient in making um, bread or anything that is bread-like in nature because it allows the bread to rise, come fluffy, airy, all these things. This is a bacteria, right? That produces that effect. But the thing is, when you're, put, when you're making bread, you just use a small amount of yeast, small amount of yeast to make the bread rise and become fluffy and soft. The yeast of the Pharisee, the teaching, it's so subtle, it's so small, negligible even, but it's dangerous because it affects the flour. The flower can never be the same. That small sentence or that small word or seed that was planted by that kind of a thinking affects the end result of the bread. 
prayer and in this case i guess the analogy of the bread would have been you beware of those teachings that are rooted in pride when you notice that you are justifying yourself or lifting up yourself for knowing this or being um and i'm not saying confidence in god no that's not what i'm saying that's a different thing when you're confident in who god has called you to be what god has called you to do that's different right but you still have humility within you talking about when you know you're puffed up with pride that you study the word of god but don't involve god in your studying you don't seek understanding from god while you study the things or the words or whatever pertains to god your your main reason for doing it is to say that i am i am learned i am holy because of the things that i do none of us are holy newsflash because of what we do as jamaican none of us are holy because of the actions that we do our holiness is given to us by god our righteousness is given to us by god god is the one that calls us holy we don't call ourselves holy he sees us through the blood of jesus once we come under his banner we accept jesus as our lord and savior and we submit to the holy spirit and in doing so the holy spirit guides us to become more like christ less of ourselves that's how god sees us but when you decide to neglect the holy spirit neglect to submit to the holy spirit and you start to find out that there's pride in yourself when you're dealing with the children of god if you cannot look at your brother in christ and be gracious towards them you have a problem if you can identify your brother who is sinning right and you're there saying all manner of things and not praying on behalf of the brother or not seeking to help the brother to come back on the right path because you're concerned about the brother there's a difference you can seek to put them on the right path not because you're concerned about their life but because you want to prove to them like hey you are wrong pharisee if it does anything to make you feel superior to your brother and sister in Christ pharisee if it makes you to feel puffed up in yourself like hey i read an entire chapter and i prayed for hours on end god must hear me because i'm putting in the work in that way pharisee if you're up and doing the father's business and you're feel led to pray and God have you praying interceding on behalf of um nation people whatever for hours and you're just there in humility before the father sure but if you're doing it to say enough yourself yeah i pray for 3 hours or yeah i pray for an hour god must love me pharisee regardless of what you you can't do anything for God you can't do anything to let God love you more than he already does 
for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life God cannot love you more than he already does right now because before you even came became a child of the king or child of God or you surrendered you submitted and you believed on Jesus he loved you enough to send Jesus to die on behalf of you a debt that you cannot pay there's no more love that you can get from him he loves you to the to the wazoo and back to the max beyond the max actually you we cannot comprehend the love of God for us so if you feel that your actions gonna make God love you more Pharisee if you feel your actions whatever you think you're doing sacrificing for God doing this for God feeding this for God is gonna make God elevate you more because of the works that you're doing and it's rooted in pride Pharisee it's such a subtle thing because you can you're called to do these the work of the spirit you're called to defeat the poor you're called to sacrifice for the body of christ you're called to do these wonderful things being led by the holy spirit yeah but once it has to be done in humility and submission to the holy spirit once you're doing it out of your own carnal mindset pharisee And he told the disciples, beware of it. Because the disciples are walking with him. He's God on earth. They have access to God physically. The word of God. They can ask Jesus anything and they have God's answer right there then. They walked with him for three years. They got access to the miracles before the Holy Spirit was even given to them in acts they were doing miracles casting out demons doing all these wonderful things and jesus said hey don't rejoice in the fact that demons listen to you rejoice that your name is written in the lamb's book of life because it can be blotted out blotted out meaning it can be removed it's not a one save all save it thing that's that's a lie there's too much scriptures that contradict one save always saved When you stop following after God, you're putting yourself in dangerous waters. Anyways, moving on. Verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, if I said that correctly, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God with an exclamation mark. That's verse 16, verse 17. And Jesus responded, Simon, son of Jonah, you are blessed because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. 
and on this rock I will build my church and the forces of Hades would not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. I feel like I need to read this again. Verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people think Jesus is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, who do people, but you, he says, sorry, he asked, who do you say that I am? And that's when my friend Peter, Simon Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus responded, Simon, son of Jonah. Some translations said Simon bar Jonah. And I believe bar means just son of. You are blessed because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. So here is where Simon gets his name changed to Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the forces of Hades, other scriptures say hell, will not, other scriptures says the gates of hell, will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. Verse 20, and he gave the disciples the order, orders to tell no one that he was the Messiah. Verse 17 down to verse 19 sparked interest in me. Jesus said, okay, you guys are walking with me. You guys should already know who I am, right? But who, who do people everybody else think I am and the disciple answered honestly you're this person you're that person you're probably another person here but then Jesus said no 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 no. who do you think I am my question to you is who do you think Jesus is we know he's the Messiah because in, we have the scriptures to show us that and that's why I say but for you who is Jesus Jesus and Jesus responded Simon son of Jonah because Simon answered by the Spirit of God because Jesus said my father in heaven revealed this to you your carnal mind could not come up with this answer 
So the Father must have revealed this to you. And Jesus called Simon blessed. But what really hit me is son of Jonah. Going back to the first couple of scriptures in verse 4 where he says, the sign, There is no sign that will be given to you except the sign of Jonah. And here at verse 17, wow. So verse 4 says the sign of Jonah is what you're going to receive as a sign from heaven. And here's a son of Jonah right here, Simon. Simon being a son of Jonah. That's an interesting correlation or a connection in my mind. And here, Jesus prophetically, I guess also spiritually and physically, changed Simon's name to Peter, which means rock. So now he's R- Peter, son of Jonah, rock, son of Jonah, rock, preacher of the word, rock prophet that is a sign from heaven (laughs) haha wow rock and here's another prophetic thing said over peter i will build my church on you is what jesus is saying and the gates of hell the forces of darkness forces of hades will not overpower the church because I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and the keys of the kingdom of heaven allows you to bind things on earth and once you do that it's already bound in heaven and it allows you to loose things on earth and once you do that it's already loosed in heaven that's the power that comes with the keys of the kingdom of heaven that was given to this son of Jonah are you a son of Jonah my personal belief every child of God the great commission is to go forth and make disciples of all men teaching them about Jesus Christ and baptizing them in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit right that's the great commission at the end of Matthew I think it's Matthew 28 verse 19 could be wrong but the end of Matthew before Jesus ascended that was the instruction given to go forth in all the nations sharing the gospel baptizing people and discipling them right that was what all people who come into Christ or who come into salvation you're supposed to do the same thing you are assigned from heaven because Jonah's responsibility was to preach repentance to a lost city, Nineveh, a lost, twisted, wicked world. And what you have to do, and that's what the gospel is the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Hey, guys, we've all sinned, but there's one who has never sinned sacrifice himself for us and he's calling us to repent to believe on him to repent turn away and follow him that is the sign from heaven so my question is are you a son of jonah because if you're a son of jonah 
you have access to the key of the kingdom of heaven and that key gives you the power to bind things up or to lock things up or to put things under submission or to lose things to release things not only on earth but in heaven that comes that authority is given to you when you possess the keys of the kingdom of heaven that key is given to the son of Jonah Peter or Simon Peter who was sent to preach repentance have you been operating as a child of God have you been as a child of God have you been operating in your identity as a son of Jonah as a child of God have you been operating in your identity have you received or accept or acknowledge that you have the keys to the kingdom of heaven for me I mean I would think I, I receive it because as a child I remember learning about the scripture but then my actions would say to me Lori you don't really you don't really believe that you have this power Because if you do, you would use it. You would execute it as the Spirit leads you. You have the power to close, stop, lock up, put in chains things. And you have the power to release things. For you are a sign from heaven a lost generation twisted wicked adulterous generation I don't necessarily believe the adulterous generation are children of God I just believe that all people because we are made in the image of God we are fallen this world and its systems is a lost generation I guess on ending my encouragement or something I would love for you to think about this week or for the remaining couple of week days left in December is am I operating in my identity as a bar Jonah son of Jonah sign sent from heaven to the world does it mean that I'm evangelist in a way that I go and I, I am, I'm in the office of every evangelist. No, that's not what I am saying. In your day-to-day, day-to-day life, in your day-to-day life, are you being a son of Jonah? Is your life reflecting that of Christ that people will just come to you and if they ask you? You teach them about repentance. I was at work recently this week and I was talking to one of my co-workers 
and they were expressing to me how miserable they were with their life right now they just want to be married and um you know have a family and whatever and these are good desires don't get me wrong but they're so miserable and so fed up with life and they're just fed up with everything and they are believers they said that they're a believer all right and i stood there and all of a sudden the lord had me talking to this person and this person is japanese by the way and i find myself ministering to them you know asking them hey so what do you do that makes you happy or that gives you this energy this vibrate when that when you're doing it you feel revived what do you do to 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 grow yourself to improve yourself you know what are your skill sets what do you like to do outside of you know teaching because i am a teacher i was a teacher but i am a teacher what am i saying i am a teacher and the young miss was just you know telling me stuff and whatever i'm like okay that's good but what do you do that ignites you that makes you passionate you know and they haven't really told me anything and it led to them talking about unforgiveness and how they're angry at god because like god i'm trusting in you and then you allow this to happen and there we go again god i can't trust you anymore because i'm hurt by people and i'm like okay so you have a lot of unforgiveness here and bitterness and i testified to her about my personal struggles and how the lord has taught me to not to to forgive I thought I was a forgiving person but he taught me the art that what forgiveness is and that forgiveness is a continual pattern something you have to do all the time and they're like how how do you let go of the pain and the hurt that the person caused you and I'm like listen I'm not saying that for everyone this is an easy thing but the more you do it is the easier it becomes and I gave her practical examples of what I believe will work for her I don't know why the Lord bring this up to me. And I was just in the majority of my lunch time just ministering to her and the Lord led me to pray for her. Cuz it's basically she needed to repent of this heart of holding grudges against people cuz I'm like listen, unforgiveness is poisoning yourself and expecting the person that you're angry at to feel the brunt or to feel ill or to feel bad about or to receive the poison and die but you are the one that's drinking the poison because that person is living their life and they sometimes don't even they aren't aware of the fact that they hurt you because it wasn't communicated you holding that is hurting you i explained to the person that hey i had to turn to god with it I said, God, you forgave me so many things. Because I did offensive things to you. Probably still do offensive things unaware most of the time. But yet you forgave me. And you've called me to forgive those who hurt me. And quote unquote sin against me. Right? So how am I now going to not be able to forgive my brother and expect you to forgive me and there are multiple i think there are multiple occurrences when jesus spoke about that different parables about that you know unforgiveness and how peter was like 
God, how many times should I forgive my brother? And Jesus said 70 times 7. It's not about the number. It's it's the principle behind it. You're always forgiving. Because Christ is always forgiving. If you're going to look more like Christ, you're going to have to have the discipline of forgiving. Because forgiveness kills you. Unforgiveness kills you. You're poisoning your own self and you're making your own self miserable. And that miserable and bitterness filters into every facet of your life and then you're miserable you're angry and you hate everything around you and everything just feels like hell because you haven't forgiven you know what i mean and then it was it was a call for her to repent of that to turn away to turn her mind from holding on to things gave her practical examples and stuff like that and then at the end i prayed for her and it felt like a God moment. Definitely felt like a God moment. I say this to say, in that instance, I was operating as a bar Jonah. I was operating as a son of Jonah. In the story of Jonah, he refused to want he refused to go to Nineveh because he knew that once he preached repentance to them they will turn repent and get right with God and he doesn't want that for them he wants them to feel the brunt of their of their sin because they're evil people but at the end of the day he had to do what the father said he had to do come hell or high water he had to go there God was like, okay, I use a fish to carry you there then. And he still ended up there and he still had to do it. Now, am I going to have the spirit of Jonah that have this um, lack of grace for people? No, but doing, doing what God has called me to do, I will do and I will preach repentance. And she was set free in that moment. Now she might have a journey to discipline herself to have the art of forgiveness, a forgiving heart, definitely. For some people it's easier than others. Some people it automatically happens. For some people it's a process and a journey. But at least she took the step to repent and change her mindset of holding on to, to hurt, pain, that people have done to her and she I believe she's gonna use the practical examples I gave her that I think applies to her other people might you have other examples that apply to them or more effective for them you know what I mean so in that instance that's what I mean by being a son of Jonah in that way you don't need to have a platform and shouting and preaching under the influence of the fire of the holy spirit that's not that's not it it's in your daily lives in your workplace in your community with your neighbor are you open or are you operating as someone that will give or bring the word of god to people it doesn't even have to be anything profound whatever the lord have you speak about speak about the conversation started 
when the person talk about how miserable they are and they're like they want to get married and i'm just telling them what i believe men are attracted to mark you i don't have a person i've been single for how long have i been here five plus years about five years i'm not in a relationship with anyone except jesus but i can say that my friends my male friends would say one of the things that are attractive on a woman is confidence and then she's like so how do you become confident because her miserable life is also wrapped up with a lack of confidence in her own self and i'm like okay so this is where i come in my confidence is rooted solely in god i'm not a very confident i was not a very confident person i'm careful of the words i say i struggled with self-esteem issues i hated myself no one could have more awful things to say to me than my own self i would say evil and negative and twisted and wrong things that i would never dare say to a human being walking in front of me even if that person deserved it i would never say that to them but i would say it to myself and i would believe it and then i would use people's actions against me as confirmation that i am literally that thing not true and until i start to find out and i look into the word of god actually it was the beginning one of my sisters in christ heard me talking negatively because talking negatively about myself was like second nature i didn't even know i was doing it and i was at church and one of my sisters in christ took me to the restroom and confronted me in tears saying listen stop speaking about yourself like that and i didn't realize how damaging my words were to me i was hearing my own words and believing it because my mind was if i believe it or if i say it to myself first then whatever anybody else say to me won't hurt me because i already know this of myself it's as if for me i used to do this i don't know if anyone else did this when i do a test i don't know i think it's crazy now that i think about it whenever i did a test i will go through the test paper and i will calculate the more the least i could get in each question especially if the question is like four marks six marks the least based on my answers what's the least marks that i could get for this test for this question and calculate the overall percentage and say to myself laurie are you able to live with this grade and if i'm not i go back through the paper again and find a way to get more points that's crazy right crazy i prepare i would rather think of the most negative thing and mentally prepare myself for that than to have hope that it doesn't happen because i hate being disappointed i hate being thrown a curveball so to prepare myself i prepare myself by thinking of the most negative thing that can possibly happen and say okay how do you think you can handle this if you can handle this you're good to go here's what you do you're good to go and the lord had to break that out of me because that's hot that's on under that premise i started to think negative of myself because if i preempt everyone who might who have the who thinks negative of me 
by telling this to myself their words cannot affect me because i already believe what i what i what they have said before they even said it because i said it to myself that's insane and it's twisted it's wrong it's crazy and the lord had to break that out of me and it took a season for him to work that out of me now i am i believe i am confident i am godfident for lack of a better term not in and of myself not in that anything that i have done no 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 solely based on jesus the word of god me repenting and the word of god correcting and renewing my mind romans 12 say all this to say one be careful of the yeast of the pharisee be careful of the teaching of the pharisee be careful of pridefulness and you thinking that you have a monopoly on what god does or who god is two are you a son of jonah a sign from heaven to the lost world to a evil and an adulterous generation and four what not four sorry and three what is your confidence built on is it built on everything that you think you can accomplish or is it built on jesus and everything he can accomplish through you all right fam this was a long chat this blessed me i need to go to the father now and just check myself and just you know check in and just see where i am because i have to re-listen and trust me these words well i don't know god just does what he does i hope these words bless you inspire you convict you even encourages you even and that you will grow from strength to strength and grace to grace love you fam have a wonderful rest of day evening or night with the lord peace bye